Hey everybody, welcome to Anime Stroganoff. I'm Lilith. And I am Eli. So, today we will be uh, talking about Piacevore, My Italian Cooking, which is a nice little slice-of-life cooking anime that I watched recently. So, this uh, this anime is brought to us by uh, Zero-G, or Studio Zero-G. Uh, they did Zero-G. They did Grand Blue and My Roommate is a Cat, which are both pretty popular. I've heard of one of those things. <laughs> I can't imagine why nobody's heard of this then. If I mean, they did these awesome stuff. They actually did quite a few other like pretty popular, if a bit niche, comedy type series. Um, in any case, and it was directed by Sakurai Hiroaki. Who did? Uh, who directed Demon Girl Next Door and Psyche K? Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so it's just a little slice of life story about a girl who gets a part-time job as a uh, waitress at a trattoria or an Italian restaurant in Japan, and they she meets a bunch of colorful characters and they have hijinks and stuff. And the thing about it is, every episode is only four minutes long and like one minute of that is the ending and there's no opening so it's it's like three minutes of content and then one minute of the ending so it's your it's like your standard like i don't want to say standard four comb adaptation but it's like instead of combining a bunch of chapters into one it's each one's literally just one chapter i guess of like you know just a few strips it is kind of weird the way it handles time it's some spots in any case so let's just go th- let's just run through the characters real quick so our main character is nanase morina uh, she has green hair and twin tails and she's a second year high schooler kitahara maro who's the acting manager of uh, trattoria festa the restaurant and he's also a fifth grader. Uh, Fujiki Yururi, who's blonde, has a large chest, and is a waitress at Festa. Kono Kihide, he has blue hair, and he's the head chef. He's really weird. Oreki A, uh, he's blonde, bishonen, and he's in charge of desserts. Uh, Teiri Sada who's a classmate of Maro's, who, and she hates Italian food. And then her grandpa, Niza, who's an old man who runs a Japanese restaurant, and he's also a frequent customer of Festa. Whatever. And then uh, Ri, who literally doesn't matter. She shows up, like, twice, and she's just Morina's friend. Doesn't matter. Okay. So, ending song. Yeah, it's it's not great. So basically, every ending starts with them singing the uh, the recipe to whatever was made in that episode, and then it features a picture of the dish that was made. And then there's a bit at the end where all the main characters are chibis and playing instruments. And frustratingly, none of the endings are subtitled at all. 
which is very, very frustrating. Whatever. Let's move in. Let's uh, let's just dive right into this. Cause, like I said, it's it's twelve episodes, four minutes long. Timing myself, and now okay. So, Morina is walking home with a friend, thinking about what to do over summer break. She sees a help wanted sign. She f- walks into this like forested area and finds this place called Trattoria Festa. Her friend goes off, does whatever. Morina goes in to apply for the job. She meets Maro. He tells her to memorize the menu. It's in Italian, though, so she can't read it. But there's a Japanese version, which she also does not really understand what it means, because she doesn't... She's never seen Italian food before. And so Maro's gonna say, like, oh, scram out of here. You don't know nothing. And then Ruri shows up, and she hires Morina, and then we get some of Maro's backstory where he is the son of the owner of the restaurant, but his dad has been MIA for the last two years. Uh, he's off cooking in Italy or something. Makes sense. As an apology for snapping at her, Maro gives Morina some uh, Iberico ham, roasted poele style with sage. Never had it. Sounds good. Moving on to the next episode. So, this episode is Penne Arabiata. So, Morina's memorizing stuff about cooking and Italian food. Um, we find out Maro lives in the second story of the restaurant with two other guys and his dad, except his dad is, like I said, MIA for the last two years. Uh, for some reason, Ruri is holding a bottle of olive oil or maybe wine during this part. Whatever. Anyway, so Maros says he's going to go train in a real trattoria in Italy once he graduates middle school. This is the episode where we meet Kirihide. Uh, Morina takes a plate of the penne arrabbiata out to give to a customer but she spills just like a tiny little drop of sauce and she so kirihide throws a knife at her and goes <laughs> he goes on a rant about how how much effort goes into making a good sauce and so uh maro buys him pakino tomatoes to make up for it and kirihide uh rubs his face or rubs one of the cans on his face lovingly and then they then once they run out, he's dying and so they're like, hey, let's sell more dishes with tomatoes in them so we can buy more Pequino tomatoes. I mean you could just buy more tomatoes. Uh, I don't, I don't I, as far they... as I understand, they're pretty they, I feel I feel like they're kind of expensive probably. And that's why it's like a reward or whatever. Maybe I don't he's know. He's gonna rub them all over himself. <laughs> he just rubbed the can. He didn't actually rub the tomatoes. Why not just why not just like find a way to reseal the can? I mean, <laughs> just like fill it with like I don't know bricks or something. <laughs> like hey, here we got you a can just for you. <laughs> Uses a stress doll or something. Okay then. Well, in any case, episode three is tiramisu. So we meet a who Morina mistakes for a customer while he is busy hitting on other customers. 
Morina eats some tiramisu. And uh, we learn A's backstory. He was a chef in Italy. And he was, like, invited to the Trattoria by the owner. And he looks after Maro, even though he's, like, a hotel-level chef. And for some reason, Morina compares Maro to an onion. The onion? The humble onion. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know where they're going with that. And it wasn't a layers joke either. It was it was like a cooking thing. I don't know. In any case, apparently A was originally hired to be head chef, but he doesn't actually do any work because he prefers hitting on hitting on girls. Um and Morina asks A why he works at Festa if he's like so good. But A's like blows her off and says that Maro is lying and this confuses Morina and it doesn't matter because Maro isn't lying and I'll get back to that later episode 4 is Caponata so everybody like every, everybody but Morina is freaking out because some a certain person is coming to the restaurant there's a weird sentai-esque bit where everybody like recites a catchphrase and poses with a kitchen implement. <laughs> um, so the customer in question arrives and orders the usual, which is a fried spring roll caponata. I don't know if that's good or. You're I don't think. Me. I mean, I know you're not a big Italian. I, I'm well person. known for my expertise in Italian cooking. Are you? That that was the joke. Yes, I know. <laughs> In any case, uh, so he introduces himself. This is Niza, and he brings in his granddaughter, Sada, to try it, to try the caponata. Um, there's a weird scene reminiscent of, of the pocket game between Sada and Morina. And then Sarah like comments on the dish because she's like a one of those picky food eaters and also like a cooking prodigy or something. I don't know. In either case, she compares it to French ratatouille and like says that like French food in Japan is considered like high class, but Italian food is vulgar. And also she says she hates Italian food. I don't know why she's at Festa. She hates Italian maybe food. She's, maybe she's channeling her inner Donnie Brasco. Episode 5, Sangria. So we pick up right where we left off. So uh, we'll actually start with, I think, actually a flashback that makes it seem like what happens next is, is a flashback? Whatever, doesn't matter. And like Morina and Kihide are discussing history and purpose of food and cooking, and it's very cool. Don't remember a single word of it. So, we pick up right after Sarah said that she hates Italian food, and she's, like, bitching about how Italian food uses olive oil and everything, and then also she says she hates the smell of garlic in the food. Hates the smell of garlic. I had to stop myself from throttling an imaginary (laughs) eight-year-old. You don't mess with garlic. Okay, so Kirihide puts on a mask for some reason to debate Sarah. Um, so Rudy 
and A, give Niza some sangria to distract him for some reason, and A, puts a napkin over his face, and I, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. Anyway, Sarah doesn't own any sauté pans, and then uh, Morina punches a wall, which scares everyone, and she rants against Sarah's way of thinking and calls her out on being a prick. And it's very impassioned, and I don't remember a single word of it. <laughs> anyway, so Sarah and Nisa leave. Everybody's relieved. And there's this short bit where Mara's writing a recipe, and Morina's like, how, how do you know that's going to be good without, you know, actually making it? He's like, oh, you know, you just know from, like, you know, from all the ingredients. And she's like, oh, I, I don't get it. <laughs> He's like, cooking is science. And that's why blindly following a recipe will not make you a good cook. And I, that feels contradictory, but I can't confirm it to be. Anyways, moving on. Episode six, Chef. So it turns out, like, Morina punching the wall, she cracked the wall, and that actually happened. <laughs> so they covered up with they covered it up with a blanket. A but she blanket. felt really... Yeah, a blanket. <laughs> so she decided to uh, quit and use her saved wages to pay for the repairs because she felt guilty about it. And everyone but Mara was like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> they but just Mara's have like, a blanket in our Italian restaurant. Uh, do you know well i mean technically the second floor is the house so okay yeah and then anyways and mara's like i wonder where she is right now and morina's right outside the door front door of the place and she's like i will miss this place forever i will cherish this potato peeler that you bought me (laughs) i remember that And she walks off to go find a new food service job. <laughs> anyway, so Maro goes out to beg Morina not to leave. And then Kirihide A and Ruri are all wearing masks for some reason. And they just kind of stand there. And I don't know why. Anyway, so Maro gives the whole impassioned speech and stuff. And he's like, I really respect how dedicated you are to Italian cooking and we want you to stay on. And she's like, oh, I'm so touched. I will keep working here. Yeah, and I'll become a real Italian chef. And the dish this episode is gnocchis. Yeah. Sorry, I just I just like gnocchis. They're really they're really good. They're a potato based pasta. Yes. Oh, Homemade gnocchis. Mm. Once again, proving that the best parts of Italian cuisine are stolen from other places. <laughs> I mean, do we need to talk about British cuisine? <laughs> That's literally stolen from everywhere else. British cuisine. So beans on toast. <laughs> Moving on. Episode people, seven. People, Britain founded an empire solely so they could have variety in food. <laughs> yes, I know. And I'm mocking them for it. <laughs> okay, so, episode seven, Pepperoncino. So, there's a bit of a scene where Maro and Sara are at school, and Sara has a Japanese-style bento, and Maro has an Italian bento with pasta, of course. I mean, it's not it's not Italian food if it's not if there's no pasta. So, anyways, so, 
like it's cold pasta then yeah i'm just i'm just thinking like cold pasta sounds <laughs> fairly unappetizing i mean to each their own it's probably more like lukewarm i don't know in in either case they trade lunches and uh Sarah bitches about the uh, the oiliness and the weight of Western food. In any case, after school, Sarah stops by Festa to have Morina make her some food. And it's a good thing she asked Morina to, because uh, Kirihide is dying because he ran out of mushrooms. Maro is sulking because Sarah insulted his food. A is hitting on someone, and Rudy is drunk drunk very very drunk anyway so morina freaks out but figures she can just make a caprice salad since it's pretty easy so she ends up using mascarpone cheese and some poorly chopped tomato and leaves the basil on the stems when she makes it but apparently it's pretty good i don't know i don't eat caprice salad pretty sure it's supposed to be made with mozzarella not mascarpone yeah I do know that much. Yeah. In either case. So in this episode, she's like, yeah, I'm going to get serious about becoming an Italian chef because I know fuck all about being an Italian chef. And fun fact, they never actually make pepperoncino in this episode. Moving on, episode eight, Zuppa Inglese. So Nisa returns with Sara and Rigatoni, who's some food blogger guy. I don't know. Rigatoni is also not his real name. It's a uh, it's I, a pseudonym. I figured no one named their child after pasta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Sarah wants Morina to cook again. Uh, Re, Morina's friend, shows up. For the first time since episode one. So Morina makes uh, Zupa Inglese. And everybody likes it. And so Niza decides to offer Morina a uh, a position at Saide. Or that's Niza's restaurant. And Maro objects. And that's the end of the episode. So let's talk about Zupa Inglese real, real quick. Because it actually sounds really good. It, so it means English soup in Italian. And it's a layered, it's like layered sponge cake with custard cream and fruit syrups. And then it's like topped with fruits. And it's believed to have been derived from English trifles. Doesn't really matter. Just I just wanted to share that because I, I kind of want to make it now. It sounds really good. So episode nine, Fritters. Morina goes to work at Side A and sleeps over with Sada. And Maro and the Festa Rangers try to bring her back with the smell of garlic being uh, sautéed in olive oil. Uh, it's such a good smell. So Niza says she can go back to Festa if she cooks something good for him. So she makes tuna and avocado carpaccio, eggplant and zucchini fritters, and spaghetti alla botarga, or pasta with dried mullet roe. And it's good enough. So she goes back to Festa. Episode 10, Panna Cotta. This is the festival episode. So Festa holds a food stall at a festival. Rigatoni shows up as a food judge. 
Sura challenges A to a dessert making contest and insults Festa and Italian cooking again, which makes A get serious. Whatever. Anyway, so Sarah makes Mongo, Daifuku Mochi, and A makes Panna Cotta with soy milk partially replacing the cream and a soy sauce and brown sugar syrup sauce. Anyway, so A wins and everybody celebrates and then nobody remembers that they left Kirihide and Rory to run the stall alone. Anyways, so episode 11, Vif Tagliata, is the beach episode. So everyone, including Rigatoni... Go to the beach for some badminton and grilling. Ruri brings an entire crate of wine with her, and Kirihide planned to make bistecca alla Fiorentina, or Florentine steak, but Morina bought beef fillets instead of T-bone steaks. So Maro makes some uh, tagliata di manzo, which everyone enjoys. So episode 12, Insalata. And this is an entirely a flashback episode to before the series even started from A's point of view. And this is when we find out that, yes, Maro was telling the truth, that he's, like, super skilled and stuff. And it's like, he's, I think, I want to say native Italian, but then he moved to Japan to work at the Trattoria. Anyways, and it's a bit of a mood whiplash because Maro is, like, really angry all the time. And everybody else is kind of an, kind of an ass. In in any case, so apparently Maro hasn't been going to school, this whole time, um, because he's like, I got it, I got to become the very best chef, like no one ever was. <laughs> and so he's like, Okay, we're gonna take a bath together. Tell me why you're not going to school. He's like, I need is the best chef ever, like no one ever was thing. And so he's like, All right, you want to be the best chef ever, like no one ever was. Let me cook for you <laughs> so I can show you the error of your ways. <laughs> and so he makes some like eggplant something or other. And Maro's like, what the, you can cook. Cause he thought he couldn't cook for whatever reason. And then immediately after he says that a drops a pan and reveals that he has a tendonitis in both wrists, making him unable to hold a pan. And he got it when he overworked himself in Italy trying to become a pro chef. And he's like, Maro, don't fall for the same mistakes that I did. And Maro runs off and Rui's like, uh, he probably won't change until he meets a girl he really likes. And the girl he likes is Morina, who we fast forward to the part where she joins the team. And that's the end of the series. <sighs> Nailed it. That's that's all the important parts done. Booyah, this is going to be a fucking shortest episode of Anime Strong Enough we've ever done. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. So, slowing down a bit. I definitely think the series shows off the author's love of Italian food. Partially because every time I googled one of the names they threw out there... It was a real thing. It wasn't just like some made-up thing. Some made-up dish. Like any, It's not like uh, Food Wars where they just make up whatever they want and they don't <laughs> follow any fucking rules. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just bringing up Food Wars. <laughs> also, 
There's none of those scenes where people's clothes fly <laughs> off. Because the food is just so good. But that's part of the problem. So it's like 99% of other cooking shows that aren't Food Wars. What? I don't know. Kind Slightly normal. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. But anyways. But just... So kind of the problem is... That even though there is a definite love of Italian food, there's not really a... We don't have the opportunity to linger on on it. We don't have an opportunity to absorb it. It's just like, boom, here's the food. Boom, here's the food. Boom, here's the food. And part of that is the four-minute episodes where everything has to go by at a really, really brisk pace. And I honestly think that seriously hurts it. This seriously hurts the series. Really, 90% of those four-minute short things have very bad pacing, I'd say. Yes. So, Which is a damn shame, because there's a lot of moments that I see, that I saw when I watched this again. And when I watched it originally... And I was just like, man, if they had just like drawn this part out a bit, it would it would have made the emotional resonance in the next scene a lot better. Or if they had like taken some time, like if they had just if they had stretched it out to like twelve minute episodes, I think that would have been perfect for how fast they wanted to go, or even twenty four minutes if they really wanted to. Um. I mean, I understand if there wasn't enough budget for it, but so I don't know if this is an unfair comparison, but right after I finished watching this, I was thinking about, I was thinking about it. I was like, eh, not enough time. So I was like, you know what? Let me have something to actually compare it to. So I decided to go watch the first episode of Today's Menu for the Emia Family. Oh, you finally got around to that. Yes, and it is so charming and fluffy, and I so want to watch more of it. Yes! Oh, it's so nice. It's so nice. And basically, today's menu for the Emiya family is everything that I wanted Piacevore to be. Affectionately referred to as Food Stay Night. Yeah, Food Stay Night, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Food Stay Night is everything I wanted Piacevore to be. There's a focus on the preparation of the food. And I understand from a certain perspective, Food Stay Night is focused more on the home life of the characters. And, like, it's made in their own homes so in that stuff. But even so, you in Piacevole, you have a character who wants to be an Italian chef. Show off the recipes. Don't just, like, say, boom, zuppa inglese, bitch. And part of that, they do try and get that in with this the recipes at the end. But as far as I can tell, they don't really... They're not exact. And they go by really quick. And like I said, they're not subtitled. And so they feel more like a joke than a recipe. Especially when you see the animations that accompany them. It's so weird. It's so weird. Like, this series had so much going for it good director 
good studio. I don't know about like story-wise because this is the original creator's first manga as far as I can tell. So, and eh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a hit or miss there. But You know, I'll just end it by saying that the first time I watched this series, I got stuck halfway through because I did not care about it enough to finish it. And for context, it's only 48 minutes long, plus loading times. See, at that point, I would have probably just screamed, I'm committed, and plowed through anyway, but... Because it's like, well, it's not just like I was watching it and I was like, oh, I'll just get back to it later. And then I never did. Uh. Big oof. Anyway. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. Piacevole. My Italian cooking. And yeah, it's, that's it. <laughs> any, any, any thoughts from you, Eli? Any thoughts from me? Uh... If you made out any anything I said. <laughs> No, then... not really. <laughs> oh well, it's it's a series that could have been good if it had been given the time and love it needed, but it clearly wasn't, and so it feels kind of hollow, and that makes me sad. Well, we got a bit of time. <laughs> hmm, what? What to talk about in the like five minutes we have left? Uh, what do we talk about in the five? minutes? I could talk about a bunch left? of random fucking isekai manga. <laughs> save save that for the next isekai episode. Yes. <laughs> okay, we'll do. We'll talk about Parallel Paradise some other time. Because <laughs> I gotta talk about that sometime. <laughs> oh, that fucking manga. Ah, oh, the fucking manga. Uh, talk about it later. Anyways, so that's it. Uh, yeah, I don't have any like lead in to the plug this time, so go join the Enemy Strong Enough Discord if you haven't already. Follow us on Twitter and check out our website. Share the share the share the episodes. <laughs> so that's Anime Stroganoff. Thanks for listening. I've been Lilith. And I have been Eli.